You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we move into another week of third watch coverage. As we get into our second two-parter of the fourth season, which is the ninth episode, and it's called Crime and Punishment Part One. Funnily enough, and I'm sure Part Two will probably follow this one, maybe even today, if you're lucky. Uh, this one was written by Janine Sherman <laughs> typically Barros, Barrios, uh, Barrois, uh, Janine Sherman, B-word, and uh, directed <laughs> by Chi- Charles Hayde, which we'll come back to him in just a moment, because that's a name that everybody who watches Third Watch should know. Uh, but we will start off by first of all saying that my name is Ben, and I haven't gotten laid since the 90s. <laughs> And my name's Darvell, and oh, the good doctor's making house calls. <laughs> it's definitely getting hot in here. Well, um, maybe I will be getting laid since the 90s, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe tonight after we're done with the podcast. Let's move on. Um, Charles Hayde, now, <laughs> just, do you, do you, are you familiar with the, the Charles Hayde name? Yes. Mr. Mr. Stewart. Yes. Yes. He, um, yes, he, uh, oh gosh. He plays a really big part in the last season of, well, not a big part, but a little bit of a major part a in part. the last season of Third Watch. So, so yeah, remember that name when we get to that season. And I think he also wrote for NYPD Blue a few times as well. well. We will just say, or was involved in that show. We'll, somehow. we'll just say he's Finney's dad um, in season six. Yep. Um, but no, he's he's got a pretty big name as a director in a lot of TV oh, yes. shows um, because we, during our Nip Tuck coverage, uh, he appeared in one episode of Nip Tuck, but he directed at least oh, four episodes of Nip Tuck, I feel. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think that he appeared in Third Watch in a capacity by being a director of this show well before he became an actor. So, um, very interesting. He actually did direct Jimmy's Mountain back in season two. So we probably did oh, yeah, say exactly right. the same thing back in season two, but uh, given that we're forgetful and, well, I'm forgetful, let's be honest. You're pretty good with your memory there, Darvell. Um, we're just repeating ourselves. Repeating well, I ourselves. did. For, well, that, that, me- that memory failed me. I forgot that he had done you that. You might not have even been on that episode. Back that might have been two. a Brandy episode. And, um, yeah, who knows? But. No, actually, J- Jimmy's Mountain was the second one that I did with you. The first one was Four Days. Ah, you are correct. I'm looking at it right now. You bought that episode. So there you go. Um, so maybe we didn't talk about it then. Who knows? Long-term listener of this show, she or he will probably know. But, um, yeah, second yeah. two-parter of this season. We've gone over a few times that obviously season four has three two-parters. And obviously we had fantastic episodes uh, in our Judgment Day two-parter. Brilliant, brilliant episodes. We're still crying from it. But uh, we're back for a pretty decent double episode again too. Crime and Punishment. Uh, I, I don't mind these episodes. No, they, they were they were pretty well done. They weren't like ugh, fire starter, <laughs> and they were better. I think they were, and I'd say they were. Be- I'd say they were better than Ladies' Day too. So. And they're gonna be better than Collateral Damage, um, just because we know what Collateral Damage follows. Um, so. Yeah, your fa- your favorite episode ever in the history of Third we Watch. We will say though, one of the collateral damage episodes is directed by Mr. Skip Suddeth, so we do need to perhaps um, be kinder with that. But we've we've well established, I think, with this season that it's kind of it's 
it's it's weird in a way how they've a mixed bag. Yeah, well, like I mean, we started off with episodes one and two, which were kind of connected. Then we had three and four, sort of you know separate. Then obviously five and six were together. Then seven and eight separate, and then now nine and ten together, uh, and then eleven, twelve, and thirteen sort of all you know separate. So it's it's weird the layout of this season, and it's once again after kind of. You know, a terrible episode two weeks ago, a decent episode, you know, a meh episode last week. We're back into some good episode territory. So, season four, the bipolar mm-hmm. stepchild of Third Watch so far. Um, it may get worse from here, but uh, we will wait until we get to our following seasons. But I think, as we established, I feel, at the end of last week, is that this this is the cruise double episode where we really get a foundation of who this woman is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. With where she really, really, really starts showing just how far she'll go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And we when we get straight into this episode. I mean, there is basically no waiting around. I mean, we get a a previously where we find Miguel, uh, of course, who we learned from to protect. Oh. Um, yeah, welcome back, Miguel. Just in case you didn't realise he was going to come back again. Um, but basically we're straight into a, uh, basically a chase, essentially. Um, and we've got a guy screaming, we've got a bunch of rap music playing, and we're at the scene of a shooting. And one thing that's kind of interesting, I feel, about this sort of opening is the editing. It's kind of lots of quick flashes to a guy on the ground screaming, flashes of Cruz and Bosco chasing people, and... We have the shot which, when Tia Tahada eventually ends up on the opening credits, there's always that shot of her as she en- like exits the car with a gun in hand and runs out of the car, which is a shot from this opening sequence. So it's always, I always find it fascinating to see that shot of, uh, uh, you know, th- one of the actors that you always remember kind of from the opening credits. So we get that here. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of, uh, I guess, a setup for this episode. We have a guy, Wiggy. Uh, who has been shot? Um, yeah, Wiggy. What kind of a name is that? I, I don't know. Uh, any plans to call any future children Darvel Wiggy at all? <laughs> I'd rather cut my dick off. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I damn sure don't want to do that. Well, I guess you won't be having any kids at all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is not where I was expecting you to go with that. Uh, <laughs> yep. Darvel Stewart. Well, hey, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We need to have a good laugh. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so uh, hopefully you'll get a band aid for that. But anyway, um, Wiggy <laughs> has been shot. Um, the great Will Smith song, Getting Wiggy With It. Um, <laughs> not, not quite. Na 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 Getting Wiggy With It. Na 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know what you're talking about. It doesn't quite sound the same. Except No. Nope. Except it's. Uh, we we know what it really is, but hey, we had to had to throw that in Make somehow. Make a joke, I guess. Um, anyway, yeah, yeah. yeah. So hey, it we've worked. got poor old Wiggy shot. Uh, we meet Vernon for the first time. Uh, he's kind of some, I guess, scumbag. Is gang banger, the correct terminology, Darvell. Um, yeah, okay, uh-huh. gang banger, gang gang banger, drug dealer, yep. gang member, um, street de- hustler. Yeah, de- well, he's. Yeah, street street hustler, gangbanger, drug dealer, thug, all that. And he's, I guess, uh, front and center here as the man who has allegedly shot Wiggy. 
And uh, as he's dragged away, we hear Wiggy admit that that he's the guy who shot him, but obviously that's going to come into play very shortly as to why this isn't admissible in court. And uh, we do also see a small child watching on from the shadows other than Mr. McGowell White, who, of course, we know from To Protect. So I'm just reading from Wikipedia because they keep reminding me on there. Uh, and Vernon sees him, so it kind of gives him a bit of a look and uh, is taken away. And uh, this is where sort of, I guess, Vernon's trying to be like, oh, I was at my boy's house and everything. Bosco goes up to Miguel and he re- he recognises him straight away. Like, he kind of sees him from the distance sticking his head around the corner and straight away he's like, Miguel, and he's like, I saw it, I saw it! Um, so, you know, we've kind of got this whole setup here that Miguel saw the whole ac- incident. So what is going to happen here from this scene? But it's, I, I do kind of like the way this starts Ooh. with the music. There's a there's a music change halfway through this scene, kind of, you know, we've got this fast-paced... Oh, I thought there was. ...fast-paced music, and all of a sudden it kind of changes song when we've got this overhead shot of Carlos and Doc working on Wiggy. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a fast way to start this episode. Yep, and it doesn't slow down. Mm. It does not slow down from here at all, I don't Yeah, exactly. Think. I mean, there's no Bosco shopping for milk with his mum. I mean, like, come on now, we're... <laughs> there's no fire breaking out in the supermarket. Exactly. There's no bank trips um, to focus. Like we're straight into. <laughs> or. Uh, and there's no bank robber brains all over Emily. Exactly. Which and and also the positive thing. There's no Emily in this episode. So. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it. Now, one thing I have to, I think, is quite funny because, like, we've, we've mentioned a few times about Third Watch having, you know, pretty prominent guest stars. And, you know, we had our Rosie O'Donnell special guest appearance. She's in it for like three seconds. You know, we've obviously had a lot of actors who go on to bigger things, win Academy Awards, things like that. But season four is kind of when we actually start to get name actors who are more so rappers. Now, this is a thing, not just to say rappers, we should just say musicians, because Gene Simmons isn't a rapper. Mm-hmm. But we should, you know, kind of yep. establish that this... Besides Boscarelli. This is a, a bit of a, 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 yeah. a trend that we will yeah. get. And this episode, we get yeah. the iconic rapper, Treach. Now, Tavel, I have no idea who the hell Treach no. is. Do you know who Treach is? I have no he idea. He apparently is in the hip-hop group Naughty by Nature. Ah, uh, the lead singer. Oh, oh, yes, 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 yes. It's yeah, it's pronounced Tretch. Oh, is it Tretch? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Tretch. I've got yes. a lot of street cred. Tretch. Really. <laughs> I think he's that. It's spelled yeah, and, Tretch. And yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, take it up with Tretch. him. So Tretch. And, and I, I am Tretch. Yes, and I, I am familiar with Naughty by Nature. Oh, okay, right, okay. So Trent, okay. Have you heard any other stretch? Um, have you heard any other songs? Yeah, I think so. I, I'm pretty sure I have. OPP, yeah, I've heard the OPP, yeah. Yeah. Get out with OPP! OPP, yeah. I know that song. Um, Who's down with OPP? <laughs> Every last home area! I'm just, I'm just completely blown away that this guy is actually called Trench and it's spelt Treach. So, okay then. Um, apologies to our fans. I'm actually looking at his uh, filmography. He's actually acted in quite a few things. And I will say, he's not the worst actor. Like, he's definitely not the worst musician actor that we get in this show. So... Yeah, he's not... Uh... Well, why, why, why Cliff, why Cliff Jean was okay? He has his moments, um, uh, as does Gene Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah, Gene Simmons was. Oh, I, I thought he was pretty convincing yeah. because 
kind of like kind of like Roy Scheider in that he was always calm. I guess at the end with, with his delivery. I guess at the end of the day, they're not Eve or DMX, who we still have to come as well. So um, <laughs> Eve, what? <laughs> Eve is very uh, soon too. Two weeks away, isn't she? Well, a week away. If yeah, we're yeah. Airing these episodes back to back. So anyway, um, Treach Trench. I'm just gonna uh, Treach is fine. <laughs> Vernon, <laughs> he's taken away. The credits, so we've got that in the credits. We have Tia Tahada is back as well. Obviously, we've already seen her. So Boss goes here, basically oh. telling the girl uh, to keep his mouth shut, go home. Um, and then we also see uh, this guy with glasses. He's got a dog, and um, oh, pay attention to him yeah, too. He, he will be a prominent person in this. And basically, this is kind of you know a week ago we've got. Cruz telling Bosco to be careful. She's being all nice. And now he's just the new guy. Uh, he's got a ride um, with the Vic uh, in the back of the ambulance. So, you know, fair enough. She's not nice this week. Mm-hmm. Um, nope. Meanwhile, for the first time since season two, we have Jokus and Sully partnered together, which is, uh, you know, why not? It's been a while. Um, and so Sully's back on the job. And obviously Sully here is basically saying, who'd you piss off to get me? Um, and... Who'd you piss off to get me? That Sully impersonation. Um, and basically... I had to wait for the right opportunity for Yoko's mentioning that she asked to be with him, and then we find that she got three days off of shooting a perp. So did Sully. Sully said it felt good. Um, so... And that... (laughs) Yeah, when he said that, I was like, um, so... Your situation and Faith's are complete opposites here. Just man. a little bit. And obviously, we're keeping an eye on dear old Sully here because I will say that, you know, we mentioned, I think, in the last couple of weeks that they sort of, I guess, gelled over his situation a little bit. But, you know, we, we get a bit of it in the coming weeks. And can we just point out, I feel, that last week or the week before, we mentioned something like, oh, here's the obligatory Taylor appearance. Can we just remember that she got hit by a car? <laughs> and, like, we're... Here we are saying, has Taylor ever been in this season? No, moving on. And so forgettable is the storyline that she gets run over by a car in Crash and Burn that we barely even mention it since because she's going to be back and just on the street and she's fine and dandy. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, hell, even I mean, even Jimmy was allowed time off to recover from being shot, yeah. and I mean that was work. That was. You could argue that, in some ways, that was worse than Taylor getting hit. Well, and at the same time, too, how much time did Kim have with all her issues after Bobby? So, you know, season four paramedics issues and firefighter issues, who gives a shit? (laughs) Well, that's kind of the tone of the show at this point. We've already established that from this point onward, it's really become, it really becomes a cop show. Yeah. yeah. And as we know, several people involved with it that you've done interviews with have confirmed. There is, there is still some, I think, interesting elements in these uh, next few weeks of the paramedic storyline. So yes. I, I, it's still kind of there, but you know, you're absolutely right. And obviously the firefighters just completely non-existent at this moment. Um, meanwhile, they come across Davis. He's still obviously being uh, Hancock's driver. And Ugh, we find out God, that he's on that um, in PlayStation duty, basically. Uh, they're stopping uh, cops from buying gifts at Macy's, essentially, during Christmas. Can we just- that was so fucking stupid. Okay, any okay, any any police officers out there listening, especially NYPD police officers, 
Is that actually a thing? I, I would love to know. Because if it is, it is fucking ridiculous. I really would like to know because, yeah, it's a pretty ridiculous thing. Um, and we, I think we also need to establish too that we're apparently at Christmas time right now, right? So when, when we have obviously have a Christmas episode next year, yay, um, which I know you like. Hey, that episode was, that episode wasn't all that bad. <sighs> Um, the little girl in that episode just gives me the shit. We'll, 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 we'll argue over it when we get to that. Um, and <laughs> was it Christmas episode last season with the old guy? What was that episode? God, what old guy? Uh, was that, was it season two or season three with Sully and the old guy? There's a Christmas decoration. Season two. Season two. Season two. Okay. What? Yes. It was called, it was run of the mill season two episode. Nine. Ah, right. Okay. There we go. That, that's, that's how much, how much time has passed since we've had a Christmas episode. Cause we didn't really have one last year, did we? So, um, no. it's, I mean, third watch doesn't really do Christmas episodes. I mean, yeah, season five really is the only one, um, that I think is a genuine Christmas episode, but I mean, there's that onion involved in it, Darvell. How can you honestly defend that episode? <laughs> Well, I don't know for sure if I'll, I don't know for sure if I'll defend that particular storyline or not until we get to it. Uh, but. Yeah. Hey, you, hey, on the flip side though, spoiler alert, I mean, how, how can, well, I don't know if you'll bash this part of it or not, but when, let's say, let's just say when Kylie is in desperate need of a life saving gift, and Carlos's brother comes along and says that he can provide it. Mm. You can't. You can't. You can't knock that. Well, no, but I can knock things around it. <laughs> anyway, we'll get it. Season five, but but we'll get to so that. yeah. Obviously, we've got that part of it. It's Christmas time, and then we're back in the ambulance. We find out the guy's name's Wiggy. Uh, we find out that Kim uh, Kim was Carlos. By the way, this is an interesting pairing. But um, Kim mentions that she's working overtime for a guy named Wiggy. Now, just want to go over a few things here, which I feel are some slight plot holes. Now. We know the third watch is from 3 to 11. So for Kim to be working overtime, she is... She'd have to be working overnight. She either worked an overnight or she worked a day or perhaps she had a day off and she was called in because Doc hadn't shown up. When we get to Doc very shortly, there's definitely something happening with the clock there which confused the hell out of me. But I feel like this is just something that's just like Kim... We've mentioned plenty of times that Kim wants to do days and so does Yokus, but it's not something they can really do. So if Kim has that flexibility and is on days, why is that why we never see her anymore? Like it's, it's kind of just a weird thing for her to be like, I'm working overtime. Maybe. So who knows? But Wiggy dies. Boohoo. Um, <laughs> which I shouldn't say that because that's going to be a big plot point. He's not really dead yet, I think, but he's basically about to die. Um, yep. meanwhile, speaking of Doc. Uh, remember our best friend Joy, the terrible human being who left her boyfriend to sleep with an older man? Here she is, and her and Doc yep. have had a freak-filled fun night in the covers. Now, as much as we ripped on Joy for being a horrible human being, can I just actually point out, I really enjoy Joy now. Like, she's fun. She's, like, <laughs> entertaining. She certainly plays, she certainly plays that very well. Yeah, and she's, she's I, a great actor. Who, who plays her? Maybe... Uh, I it is an actress her. called Cassandra Creech. Now, is that pronounced Crench? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. But uh, I've never heard well, of her. Well, that's who she is. Uh, I'm looking here at an and IMDb page. She's best known for Days of Our Lives. 
Um, oh no, she's been in two episodes of Days of Our Lives. She really actually hasn't done a lot since Third Watch. She was in an episode of CSI Miami, in Crossing Jordan, she was in an episode of Dirt. Yeah, she basically has done nothing much. So... I uh, wouldn't be the first actor or actress who's who that's happened to. And I just want to say, she looks absolutely incredible for her age. Uh, if I'm reading this correctly, she was born... Um... No, am I reading this incorrectly? That can't be right. She can't be that old. What's it say? Um, saying she's best known for a 1956 movie? What, was she like a baby in 1956? Wait a second. There's no way that she's Could like nearly been. 50 in this episode. <laughs> no, no, I think I'm reading that wrong. Well, I don't know. I don't know. They say they say Dick Clark always looked like a teenager until he had a stroke when he was 75. <laughs> Well, I mean, some people, I guess, never age. But anyway, I just, I'm just i putting it out there. I like her. I uh, She's a horrible person, what she's done, and how she got with Doc, but she's fun, and we like her now. But um, Doc wakes up here, and he looks at the clock. Now, I had to rewind this scene several times, because it initially looked like the time on that clock was 8.20 a.m., but there is no way that that could be 8.20 a.m., because they're not on days, and that would make sense for the third watch shift. So, in other words, maybe it was 3.40pm, which therefore would have made him late, which makes sense. So, it's... it's Gosh, how long... (laughs) You know, it must have been real good for Doc to sleep through almost all almost all the the entire day. Stay up all night, you're going to be busy, you're tired, you know how it works. But yeah, so, I'm guessing that's what it was. So, poor old Doc has got to get out of bed, and I do like the little line he has... Uh, well, it's not even really a line. He kind of just gets out of bed and goes to the bathroom. He looks himself in the mirror and kind of has a bit of a, like, a look at himself, like, oh, my God, that actually happened. So um, it was uh, – it's a fun little scene. I like it when, like – what does yeah. Joy say? Like, I hope I didn't ski last night. And he's like, it's okay. I'm a medical professional. So it's <laughs> – What do they do? Paramedic role play? Maybe. Who knows? Get the stethoscope out. Oh, God. But, How would that go? <laughs> you know, I'll, next time I sleep with a paramedic, I'll let you know, Tarbell. Um But – it's a fun little scene, and this is obviously why Doc, you know, like, we, I think we mentioned in the last couple of weeks, you know, Doc and Carlos kind of just there for comic relief, but I kind of like the, the stuff we get with Doc, just because it's, it's nice to have some light Doc moments, because, again, shit's going to keep uh, getting We won't be getting it. those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't be getting those much longer. The light Doc moments are very few and far between from this point on, so um, just make the most of it, I guess, where it is. Meanwhile, Cruz has mm-hmm. gotten our dear old friend Trench... In the cage, um, yeah, not even uh, yeah, good old trash. Um, and basically holding him because he's got parking tickets. They've got real no evidence that uh, he did anything else. We meet our ADA. Uh, her name is Diane, I believe. Now, have we had Diane before, or is she going to be multiple? Because I feel like we've had her before. I think we have. I just cannot remember when it was. I'm just trying to see. But the name sounds familiar. Yeah, I definitely feel like. Oh, wait, wait. Was she in the? Was she part of? No, she wasn't. Or maybe she. Maybe she was. Was she part of the? Was she there with the Chevchenko storyline? Possibly. I'm just last season. Allison Daughtry Smith is her name, and she was in 233 days. As somebody called Haggerty. Now, who the hell was Haggerty? Was she? Was that a different character for her? Must have been. I f- Must have been. I don't know. Well, I feel like maybe... 
Because I swear she's like, we talked about this in that episode, and that maybe she changed her name. So who's Haggerty? Um, we've got Barb typing no our answer to us right now, because we have no clue. We're completely lost here. Yeah, we probably... Um, but you know, she's definitely actually, in multiple episodes from this point on. on she's, she's in lots of episodes. And can we just also point out that um, her name is Diane Mann? So do we think she's uh, related to a certain uh, Donald Mann? It's entirely possible. Because she's in episodes with him, from memory. So... Um, yeah. Anyway, the first of but she didn't. But she didn't go my room. No, <laughs> she didn't run an ecstasy right. Poor old Diane has not been laid since the nineties. Can we just point that out? And I do kind of like boss goes live, and it's like, oh, you got men knocking at your door, surely. But this is this is an important scene because we find out that Wiggy's yeah. dead, so they can uh, sort of put it up to a murder. And she's questioning Cruz and Bosco, and basically says. Oh, you know, did you get a dying declaration from this guy? Basically, did did he know that he was dying, and that's why he admitted that he was um, shot by uh, Trench over there? And kind of, it's just sort of brushed aslide slightly from Bosco and Cruz, and kind of she's all like, "Yeah, no, that sounds like uh, a dying declaration to me." So we'll try this in court. Now, is this a thing? David, I don't know your legal knowledge, but like, is this legitimately a thing? What, dying declarations? Like, that they have to inform the person that you are about to die, tell us who shot you. Or whatever. Um, I don't know. I might have to look that because up. Because it really seems like a something that is just a he said, she said kind of thing. And the fact that later on kind of this gets dismissed because there were, you know, paramedic witnesses who said that you're going to be fine. I mean, it just seems like such a weird thing, because then can't they easily just say, like, yeah, he was going to be fine, but in the ambulance he was dying, so he told me then. Like, you know, like, it just seems like such a weird thing that that is how you can pin it on someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I'll have to look that up sometime and see if dying declarations are a thing here in the U.S., and then I'll get back with you all on our, that. All our lawyer friends who are listening, I'm sure there's lots, don't sue or us. Any, or any, any lawyers here? <laughs> Plenty. Just, uh, they're banging down our door waiting to come on the show. Um, but yeah, so this is kind of going to set things up. And it's not just for this episode, obviously it's going to play a key part in the next episode. And that's also going to lead on to something that's going to kind of follow on throughout the rest of this season as well. So just watch this space. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Doc is late. He's apparently had bad sushi or bad tutor. He doesn't even remember what he got. And, um, basically, yeah. I like kind of when he walks in and he's saying like, Oh, I've been up all night. And Jimmy's one contribution to this episode is, no, I'm eating here. Uh, as he's eating his cereal. Um, oh, come, come on. That's the kind of thing. You know, it's funny. Apparently that revolt, that absolutely revolts Jimmy when Doc, when Doc mentions it. Oh, wait, no, never mind. I was going to say, apparently that kind of revolts Jimmy when Doc mentions it, but then I remembered, oh, uh, no, he touts it up to food poisoning. Never mind. He's not one to brag about his, no. his, his tryst with, J- his, his tryst with joy. And we basically, from the previous we night. obviously find out here though, in kind of front of everyone, that, uh, he's obviously had a little bit more fun than just the, the tuna. And then kind of Kim's obviously annoyed and she kind of leaves. And then my favorite whole bit here is when, like, he, like, uh, Doc's basically says to Carlos, like, you know, oh, you know, now you got her mad at me. And then it's like, oh, you know, don't make me work with her again. You know that she's not over me. <laughs> Oh, Carlos. <laughs> oh, man. Back 
And what was that? Back in, uh, oh, season, what was that episode season where? Season two, wasn't it? Season two. Yeah. yeah back in, yeah, where, uh, oh yeah, I think it was Duty. Mm. I think it was season two, episode 13, Duty. When, um, when. She admires him. Carlos delu- deluded himself into thinking that Kim was interested yeah. in him. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. And I, that's, apparently he still hasn't let that th- th- go. Th- that's the thing which kind of like a, a slight prop here to the writing team is that, you know, I feel like we're quite negative in terms of the continuity of this show, but just something small like that is kind of a cool thing that they do remember a couple of seasons later. So, um, you know, yeah. just a subtle little in joke there, which I think is kind of funny that they keep up there with Carlos. So, um, I'll give them that for sure. Um, meanwhile, we're going to have a bit of Sully and Yokus here. There's a truck parked outside a sort of a, I guess, a witchery store. This is an evil truck! Exactly. It's an evil truck! And they were a mule in another life or something <laughs> like that. And basically, Sully loses Crazy it, tells him to move it and get out of the way. And then the best part of this whole scene is that Sully just absolutely screaming his guts off at these two people. And then he walks off and then Yokus is just like, okay, we all set? Have a nice day. <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> like, nothing nothing else we can do here. Yep, it's fine. But we'll see them again soon. I always get this confused oh, with... um. There's actually there's two bits here which I get confused from the very first season. Basically, the... um. Remember the domestic one in season one where basically they get called out to the woman? It was a Solving Problems episode where basically she bashes him. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Like, what are we doing? Solving Problems. Yeah, ep- and that one, and yep, then yep, episode six, I think. Yeah, and then season and one. then also, it also I always get confused that um, the guy who took a dump in the car in season one, the homeless guy, who then sets them on mm-hmm. fire. Was that Thanksgiving? The Thanksgiving episode from um, season one. <sighs> mm, I don't know. Mm. It's it's one of you know the episode I'm My, talking about. I always always I always feel they get called well, back the, to this the store Thanksgiving episode. The Thanksgiving episode is. Oh gosh, what's the Thanksgiving episode called? Hold on. Isn't it the fa- uh, something family? Family something? You're the episode oh, man here, David. Gosh. Bob's <laughs> uh, typing. Oh, Mondays. Bob's typing As- like messages to us right now, quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming she even listens. Oh, anymore. she's listening. She does. History of the world. History of the world. There it is. Ah, uh, yeah, I knew. Okay, I knew it was history something, yeah. but I couldn't remember the entire time. Yeah, it might not be that episode, but anyway, Bob, you're correcting us in the comments. I appreciate it. But so that's just what I always get confused here when they kind of get called back later on. But there's nothing even remotely related to that. So anyway, just Ben getting confused. Yep, and again. the the home and the homeless guy who take who took a shit in the cop car. That's in. That's in. Uh, it's one of the first gosh. episodes, isn't it? Is it? Modern de- modern designs for better living. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just, that, oh well, no, 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 no. That's when he sets the guy on fire. Never. No, mind. no. It just smells like someone that's took a dump in the rain for better living. <laughs> one of the best quotes ever. Um. So, but Bosco now has gotten some pizza, and it's got a giant American flag on it because I guess it's only like a year out for nine eleven, so everything's really patriotic. You got to have American pizza with a huge flag on it. Why not? Um. And Cruz goes off at Bosco. Uh, basically, uh, saying that you lied to me. They didn't say anything about Miguel to the ADA. And Bosco basically saying that we're not going to need him. So, um, again, setting ourselves up here for some interesting relationships with Bosco and Cruz. We get fun little Davis here, kind of, uh, I guess this is roll call the next morning. He randomly pinches a guy on the ear and then he's all like, what's up, Yokus? Uh, just the way he kind of says it to her. Um, and then we learn that some guy got suspended for a George Foreman grill the day before. 
Um, and then Bosco cuts the line because Ridiculous. he needs to get there. And we hear a little bit about Emily, that she's had a couple of days off. And I do like the line that Bosco says there. It's like, what are you writing a note? You know, uh, sorry, I got bank robber brains on her. <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah, what do you say I- to that? Um, excuse me, Mrs. Mrs. or Mr. Insert teacher's name here. <laughs> Emily won't be in today due to... And what do you say after that? Don't know. But I, 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 you know, in 2018, they would turn around and say she needs a mental health day. That's basically what they could probably. Yeah, that's what they would say now. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Um, but then another one of my favorite parts of this episode, and of course it involves Carlos. We're at the firehouse. Doc's obviously had to work a double to catch up on things. Joy comes in to see Doc. And then they're talking about something about bath toys, and then Carlos is just like, you and Doc use bath toys? And Joy's just like, oh, why? Would you be happy if we did? And he's just like, oh, why? Only so if I can watch. watch. And then Doc says something, and then just the way Carlos is like, oh, no, 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 hang on, Joy and I are working something out here. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I love it when he leaves to go restock the, to go stock the ambulance, or the bus, as they call it, yeah. and, and, Oh my God! Things do, and then that's where my quote comes in. Things, things definitely get hot. In Basically, there. Joy pins him against the wall and starts to have sex with him, and then the fire alarm goes off, and yep. everybody comes up. It's like, oh, they definitely yep. the fire. And can I, <laughs> not to not to be nitpicky, but can I point out, can I point out a double standard Always. here? Always. Can you imagine the reaction if Doc had pinned her against the wall and done that? Uh, I think it definitely would be a very different situation. I definitely agree with you. And also, can we just point out that a lot of the things that are going to happen in the next couple of weeks around that sort of subject, very different in 2018 than it would have been in 2002. So, um, yep. just just uh, how times have changed in the space of uh, 16 years, essentially. Um, but when I get another favourite bit with Carlos is when everybody's coming down the stairs. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't like that part. I thought it was hysterical. Oh, just a bit. But still. Yeah, when people are coming down the stairs, all the firefighters, and then just the way Carlos hangs around the corner and he's like, ready? <laughs> and then when he turns around and he's talking about the daughter and he says the joy, he's like, about my daughter. I'm not married or anything. If you have any sort of like housemates that you want to hook me up with. <laughs> And I wonder if Carlos was the one to set off the alarm to bring the fire that brought the firefighters. I down. highly doubt that. I think it's legitimately a fire. So um, that's which gets a yeah. fair point with that though, because Carlos isn't that far away from them when they start doing that. So yeah, it's uh, very interesting. So meanwhile, they're in court, uh, and basically the case against Trench gets thrown out. Because this is where the defense lawyer turns around and says, hey, the paramedics turned around and said that he was going to be fine. So you didn't get a dying Which declaration. They did. And this is where you sort of hear that you have to say to the victim that you are going to die. And that's going to play a part next week. But this is where Bosco kind of digs himself into another little bit of a hole in front of the ADA, and Cruz gives him sort of a very dirty look. Great facial acting from Tia Tahada. She has a look about her that I think she can hold very well. And, I mean, just on her, I think that she she's really starting to get a little bit more divisive around the fans at this point. You know, different type of cop. But she's still... I just... 
I feel the need to defend her as we go along with this season because, yes, it's a shift, and I know we've sort of complained about the shift that the show has taken this season, but there's just something that I feel still really works about this Cruz character and just this different type of policing. And where I, I do kind of feel, and I'm not one to generally play this card, but I do generally feel that a lot of the hate she gets is because she's a female. If this was a male character... I feel that this wouldn't get the hate that she gets, and I don't understand why. I thought you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say that it's because she's not only female but Hispanic. I, that's to me. That's nothing to do with it. I I don't even see race as a part of any of this. I just I just feel that it's just it's just a fact that because a lot of stronger women characters are always called the bitch, you know, and I think that's kind of that's what because, she's labeled for. And I just yep. And and you're right. There is a there is definitely an argument to be made there that she gets that kind of hate because she's. A female, because I mean, Bosco in some ways does a lot of the same stuff. I don't think he would ever go as far as Cruz does on the regular, mm. but he definitely isn't afraid to to step across the line. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. And yet people love him. But I think that's the the thing that really works here because she is like a more extreme Bosco, and this only works if she's a female because ultimately Bosco is used to working with a female, but it's kind of they're you know the yin to their yang they kind of you know make each other a complete cop whereas Jokas isn't to this extreme and also like no disrespect to the looks of molly price but like there's no way that bosco is ever going to hook up with Jokas. whereas this kind of also adds a level of sexual tension to kind of him working with Cruz because we had that when he first met her so i just feel that you know tita harder does such a great job with this character and as much as I feel that a lot of people dislike her a lot because of the female factor, like, I don't think she gets as much hate if she's male, I also think what is good about her character and the whole female aspect, it's very similar to Yoka's, it's very similar to Kim, that very, very rarely do we ever get sort of it thrown in our face that she's a female. Like, it's just kind of like... Yeah, the first episode she shows up in sort of scanted clad clothes, we get a bit of a checkout, but straight away she's just like, what the hell are you looking at? And yeah, okay, like, last week we get the whole, you know, oh, oh, and it's like, oh, you know, sorry to interrupt kindergarten. So kind of we just get yeah. a little bit. And But that's kind yeah, of and these, Yeah, and these days they'd throw it in our face every few minutes. Yeah, yeah, and like... And they would, like, okay, we get it. Which I feel... I mean, we talked about 911 recently, and... There are yeah. elements to that which they throw it in your face, but it's also, they do it, like Ryan Murphy has a way of doing it where it's not preachy. Um, and he was good. He's like, Ryan Murphy's great in doing that with so many of his shows. So, you know, Ryan Murphy's used to that. But I just think Third Watch is very ahead of its time in this aspect that, like, you're absolutely right that, like, other shows would force this down your throat, that this is a strong female, you know, make sure you know that she's female and she can beat the men and she can do this. Like, it's not really like there will be a storyline uh, next season, kind of around a sexual assault that sort of maybe brings it into it, but it's done in a way that it's not completely diminishing from her character. This I've said it plenty of times. There is right. only there's only one female. Well, there's two. There's two storylines in Third Watch that I can definitely think on the top of my head. Actually, maybe three. Now that I'm thinking of it, that really use the female victim card to an extreme that I feel goes too far. There's one with Kim, there's one with Sasha, and there's one with Grace. So they're like the ones that I'm thinking of moving forward in the future. 
So I'm trying to think of what those are. Uh, well, I'll point them out when we get to them. If I well, I mean, the three different episodes. But yeah, anyway. But I just I want to commend and I want to take as much time as I can get in the coming weeks with Cruz when she's really in this phase of this show where people are hating her. And maybe people aren't hating her just yet. Maybe that's going to come next week more so with some of the things that she's going to start doing. That they're laying that foundation, and not that, and her. not that they are, and not that they are without reason. No, I'm like, I'm not trying to say to people because some of them I certainly wouldn't condone. Look, I'm not trying to say to people you have to love Cruz. I can understand the dislike she gets. What I would like to try and achieve is for the people who just despise her and don't want to have, think anything else of it, is to just try and look at it from different perspectives. Look at the perspectives of Tia Tejada as an actor and to what she does with this character. Look at it from the perspective of what they're trying to do with this female character in this world, and particularly this level of policing. This isn't just beat cops. This is anti-crime. This is, you know, the the, the hard enough, tough, tough, real aspects of this force. So I think that kind of the layers of what they're doing and also just establish this at the time frame that this was in television when they're really not going out of their way to make you see that she's a female. Like you, you just see her as a cop right now. So yeah, I think that, and like even what you just mentioned there too, about the fact that she's Latino, like we have a couple of storylines based on her heritage, but I don't feel it's like preachy or shoved down your throat. And that's what third watch does well when it comes to those issues. So um, I think that, you know, highly commending the characterization of Cruz right now. And all that started from me was saying that Tia Dahada has good facial acting. And I think she does. So, yes. <laughs> Tangent number 3712 on the Oz Network. The third watch coverage. More to come. And more to come. I don't even know where the hell we're going to could, right I wonder if you could get, I wonder if you could, I wonder if you could, I wonder if you've tried reaching out to her to interview her about her time on Third Watch. I have, and at the time of at least recording this episode, I have had one response from, I don't know if it was her or like an an agent. It was kind of a, hey, thanks, she's interested, come back to us in a couple of months. That was several months ago. I've reached out to her a couple of times and I've had no response since. So um, Ah. at least at the time of recording this, and again, this might change by the time we release this, we have several ones that we've gotten quite far with and just haven't, taking that next step the two main ones being molly price and that's kind of really fizzed out sadly we got very close and that just kind of fizzed out and i haven't heard back anything in a long time and jason wiles who i am so happy to say i'm friends with on facebook and i've talked to him uh not like on the phone or anything but <laughs> several messages and i guess he's very keen to come on the show He's just in the midst of putting together a movie right now uh which has amy carlson in it yeah one that he's working on with amy carlson and uh Michael Beach, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um, it's a thing that I assume will happen eventually, but he's a very busy man with his directing, directing this film. And yeah, so that's the one that you know that if it happens, I'm just going to be, you'll hear me screaming with excitement from the other side of the world. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I believe it. Yes. And can I just also point out that, uh, uh, while we're on this tangent uh, of sort of talking about potential uh, interviews and everything, uh, did reach out to a very good friend, Guy Norman B. Hello, Guy, if you're listening. Uh, you know, appreciate your time yep. on the show. Uh, to find and get our dear old friend Scotty Williams on the show. And uh, he said he was going to text him to see if he would come on the show. So if you listen to Firestarter, he oh, ain't yeah, on the, the show. Oh, the, 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 <laughs> the drunk guy who directed Firestarter. Yes. Wrote, wrote Firestarter. He didn't wrote direct it, it. Sorry. he wrote it. Wrote it. <laughs> wrote it. Sorry. I already questioned Guy about his directorial of Snowblind, but he was basically like, hey, I didn't write it. So. <laughs> 
would be Scott Williams. Anyway, uh, so we're at the court. The case has been thrown out. Boo-hoo. Uh, so basically they... And gotta let, tre- gotta let Tretch go. And this is where Cruz is essentially like, hey, look, we have to go after Miguel. So there you go. Um, and we also do get Bosco here because they go to see Miguel at this point, and Bosco flat out apologising to Cruz, essentially saying, like, hey, like, you know, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Um, we meet Miguel's mum again, and we find out that Cruz grew up three blocks from wherever this building is, and essentially works with them. Which makes you wonder. Mm, slamming the door in the face. Makes you wonder, did, did, did she know Miguel's mom before this? I mean, do you know everybody that you live with in three blocks Radiance? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, it could no. be a possibility. They could have gone to the local supermarket and bought milk and got burnt down in a supermarket together. <laughs> but it could be. Who knows? But essentially, Miguel is like, go away. I'm not talking. Um, and they leave from that point. So little, little bipolar Miguel here, right? Yeah. He is a bit strange in his um you know because obviously he's going to want help very very soon well, but we, we yeah, like his acting. Say, well he well he is for now he is for now yeah yeah definitely uh so uh mark john jeffries i think we talked about him when he was in um the the episode earlier this to season protect. yeah to protect so uh he's a good capable actor i mentioned obviously back then that he i sort of saw him in spider-man 2 randomly you can't miss him in that movie so there's that but um yeah he does good here what is he like 10 in this 12 i don't know i can't tell 12 12 yep well his character is 12 character is 12 i don't know how old he was possibly around that age i would say uh so meanwhile yeah. trench is back at the police house while he's I guess checking out he wants his belt and everything back we get a couple of uh little words back and forth with each other uh about wanting bosco telling him to hang himself and all that sort of stuff so yep okay uh fair enough and then sully and yokus are back to the angry truck and woman person so, <laughs> I'm so I, I had to laugh at the I had to laugh at that little at that little story. I thought it, it was just funny that she was throwing a fit over a fucking truck. <laughs> and basically, this and I mean, I, I don't think either of them were right in the head, to be honest. Well, basically, this ends with um, he's pushing her. She whacks him in the head with a can. And, um, I mean, it's, it's mm. obviously this storyline is just really to show us that Sully's not right. Sully shouldn't be back at work right now. So, um, no. we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, they get arrested. They'll get taken to hospital in a minute. Uh, Cruz and Bosco, meanwhile, find Miguel again. He tried to steal some chips. We find out that Vernon boys were following him. We've got a very angry storekeeper. I do kind of. Like Miguel as he gets into the car and he's like, uh-uh, girl's in the back. And then he puts his feet up on the dashboard <laughs> yeah. and Bosco's just like, yeah. tie your damn shoes. <laughs> what are you, my mama? <laughs> I love Miguel. He's <laughs> just, uh, girl's in the back. <laughs> they should have, they should have had, they should have, I would say they should have had him more, but I mean, what more could they have done with him after this, his next couple episodes? Yeah, he could have turned into like a Malcolm, you know, with Davis, but, um... You know, like, we did that in season one. Uh, he got more screen yeah. time than Dirty Kid Darvel. Come on. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. And he was a better actor. Very true. Um, meanwhile, we're back at the hospital. 
Uh, we've got our couple, our couple, that's a word now. Our couple are still at it. Sully's just gone, disappeared and let, uh, them basically go at it. So they, uh, get held up, they get arrested. And maybe one of my favorite moments of this episode is when they're both held up and the guy turns around and is like, you know, like, hold them up. So she could bite me still. And then Yoka's deadpan is just like, don't let her bite him. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know why it's funny, but it's funny. Uh- <laughs> the, that whole storyline, like I said, well, minus the whole thing about it trying to stress to us that Sully isn't ready to be back. Like I said, it was a it was a pretty humorous storyline yeah. in some ways. Yeah. So Jokas is annoyed because Sully's gone walkabouts. Mm-hmm. He's in the toilet. Uh, she's like walks in and um, essentially says, I'm going to need to talk to you, hurry up. Um, meanwhile, Bosco's talking to Miguel in the car. He's big man in himself, saying that he kicked his dad out. Uh, they're making fun of Bosco because he's a white dude in Harlem. He stands out. Um, it's kind of funny. And then Miguel obviously apologising that he can't help out. She doesn't want to talk. Sally gets told off by Yokus, um, tells him to go home and uh, have some days off. Sully's happy that he's on vacation. And um, then they intersect with Miguel back home. Bosco yelling at him to tie his damn shoes. Um, And Cruz and Bosco go and get Vernon again. So uh, they feel Ah. pretty confident that they can get him because they've had these boys following Miguel. So the one thing I really like about this week and next week's episode, or this two-parter, whatever you want to talk about, is the fact that... They, they really show, like, Bosco and Cruz just showing so many different avenues. And, like, as much as we're sort of saying that, yeah, this show's turning into a cop show, as much as that takes away from the initial premise of what Third Watch is, I am definitely in the, the positive camp with the way Third Watch handles the policing storylines. Because I, I think we've mentioned before that we... we a, a guy I know... Or at least a, the ones right now. Yeah, well, a guy I knew, sort of a uh, former Big Brother contestant who I've sort of had conversations with, was a former NYPD officer and, you know, tried to get him on the show a few times, just hasn't really worked out with the scheduling. But I do, from memory, in conversation with him, he mentioned that it's a show that they did used to watch. And while it wasn't necessarily the most realistic show out there, they said that it was sort of one of the ones that they did enjoy in the NYPD. And I just, I like the policing element of this week and next week's episode of how we've got these two just in desperation trying to find any sort of angle to get this guy. And that's what I think makes this two-parter so good. And that's what made, obviously, uh, earlier in the season, um, you know, with our other two-parter really good as well, because it kind of connected well with each other and you it made you want to watch. You had a cliffhanger that was good. You kind of had things that you were caring about. And to me, these two-parters, it really works with just the policing elements, because you are really at this point like, dude, we want to get this asshole. Like, we know he's guilty. And they just got to find a way to really pin it on him. Yep. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure I heard somewhere that you know Third Watch was going off what you said about you know some people in the NYPD enjoyed watching it. A lot of people in EMS enjoyed it too. Apparently, yeah, in the FDNY too. And I think particularly a lot of the and other yeah a lot of the earlier seasons were sort of highly commended by a lot of the people. I think kind of it swayed away from you know any form of realism by the time we got to the sixth season and vampires were involved, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
But yeah, I just I think that's something oh. that we we need to keep an eye on as we do switch focus really to policing more so than our EMS stuff. And yeah, I think that it's it's entertaining the way they handle the police matters in this show. Yes. So watch out, any NYPD officers, if you are still listening to this point. Um, you're answering lots of questions for us, apparently. Um, so where are we here? They, um, oh, right. So they've gotten Vernon. They're taking him back to the cops. Uh, he's telling his girlfriend to make a phone call. And this is one of those moments where I feel I have to like sort of correct myself. I think it was last season when we last saw Sully's mum, and I was like, oh, we never see her again. And we never hear about her again. I always forget that we have this bit here where Sully goes to see his mum. Um, completely hammered. Yeah. So he's drunk. He's completely off the rails and he wants to see her and he becomes a bit of a jerk about it, essentially banging on the door, telling Margot to open the door. Um, in the meantime, we have back at, uh, Bosco and Cruiser trying to organize a lineup. Vernon's yelling. We've got, uh, Davis questioning Hancock in the car, um, talking about his squeeze. And then this is where Hancock gets a little bit of a dick and sort of brings up his dad into it. And then we hear a phone call over the... Well, a radio call, basically, that uh, there's an officer tearing up a nursing home and they have to go out of their way to um, see. So, essentially, we've got like lots of intersecting scenes here. The whole situation with the lineup is that Bosco and Cruz are going to pick up Miguel so that they can uh, pick out a lineup. And, essentially, before they do that... Ooh. Very, very tense stuff right there. They find out they, they're stuck in traffic. They ring up, um, Miguel's mum to say that, hey, we're on the way. We're running late. To which she replies. What are you talking the, about? I just buzzed you up. She just buzzed in. So they all of a sudden can break through traffic and <laughs> find their way through in. So what I might do here quickly is I'll just, I'll sort of pinpoint it there and I'll kind of conclude some of these scenes because, because it's kind of chopping around the place right now. I feel that we just need to conclude things separately. So anything to add here quickly yeah. before I kind of wrap some of these, um, these storylines up on the way through. No. no. All right. So I'll do the Sally stuff first here and look, we've already gotten, I think what, three guaranteed scenes in our hall of fame and we're going to have at least one or two in the finale. Oh, th- oh yeah. Th- this one, this one was, this one was good when we, when they get there. Yeah. And, and he's like, and he's like, mom, I just, well, I can't do him crying. It's, it's heartbreaking because I just want to tell you that she died. If, if we did a top 10, this I would, I'm sure, be her. in the top 10 or at least on the very fringes. Cause it's, you know, I've just written down here, this is a, a nominee, but it's not going to make it. But just this scene of Sully sort of, yeah, banging on the door, basically saying that, you know, I just wanted to tell you she died, mom. It's just, it's so heartbreaking. It's so sad. And then it kind of leads into, yes, yeah, Sully just completely digging himself a deep hole by like, gotta get some Christmas presents for the squeeze, sir. Um, you know, just like, yeah, throwing your career away there. Well, buddy. he probably, in, in all fairness, he probably was. Yeah, so Sh- Sully gets taken away, and we kind of get that great shot of Sully in the car looking out the window, and we sort of see in silence Hancock and Davis having words with each other and just the music over the top of it. It's great. It's a, it's a great, powerful yeah. scene, and just this is where I think what really works with the Sully stuff from this point on after we had Tatiana's death is just the slow burn that we get with his complete utter downfall till we get to last call. So it's just like, they could have rushed this. They could have gotten to last call now. Like this could have been last call, like four episodes later, but no, they make us wait to episode 18 
just kind of this gradual decline of Sully's mental stability after the death of Tatiana. Yeah. So a huge and that's, pot for and season that's another four. and that's another thing. Oh, sorry, go no, on. no, please continue. Uh, and that, that's another thing. We always, we certainly enjoy bringing up, you know, back then versus these days. These days, especially on a on a major broadcast network show, they would have rushed it. Yeah, yeah, and they would have rushed it. It's you know, yeah, and I think just to interrupt you there. I think one thing that we've always established with Third Watch, and you know, I think this is definitely coming off the back of ER and what ER did so well, is that. Yes, you have weekly storylines that are unique to that week. If you are a X-Files or a, a Buffy fan, you, you know, the monster of the week episode that kind of don't relate to the overall mm-hmm. arc of the storyline. What Third Watch and, you know, b- bring that off the yard d- did very well at this point in television is that they still made you watch week to week without it being like binge worthy, as they would say. You would have your one week storyline, but there would still be those slow burning elements that would build across the season. And I feel that you know, it, it just works very well. You you turn away from that at some points moving forward during, you know, five and six because they do go for a lot more of their weekly blow something up, bring somebody in, do something different. You know, when we get to season six and there's detectiveness. It's, Crazy shootout. Yeah, it's kind of more so that, but that's just a show on its last legs, really trying to get some viewers in before it goes out and trying to survive. But yeah, you don't like watching 911, for example. Like, 911 is a very week to week show in the fact that their storylines feel very separate. And yeah, there are ongoing things that happen, but you just don't feel that urge. Like, in one season of 911, and yes, we're only into the second season, like, we have this sort of 12 episode arc of Sully's downfall before we get a conclusion with it. And, like, moving forward with what happens to Doc next season, that's what a good 12, 13 episode burn till we sort of get that. So. And that's, and that's very well done also, especially when it comes to a head. Yeah. So. I can't wait to get to that episode because that's one of my favorites out of the entire series, actually. Even, here's a rare compliment for season six. Like, even the stuff we get going back to Charles Hayde and sort of what happens with, you know, him, Brendan, Davis, and Sully. Like, even that is kind of spread out a decent length during season six that it's it's watchable if you know what i mean so we don't really yeah, get a conclusion yeah. really till halfway through the season do we so it's no i think it's a, a huge props to this show and th- these are the moments we've got to give it props because as we've sort of said in the last few weeks we're only going to get more negative moving forward than we did at the beginning of the right. show but we still fucking love this show <laughs> And there's still lots yep. of positives. This show never goes completely terrible. So off the rails. Yeah. So tangents, everything, but um, the solo stuff, great, great scene. Skip started, always great acting, fantastic, amazing, brilliant. Um, and kind of what we really. I wonder if he actually had to get drunk to be able to do that. I think that I'm just I, completely random. I mean, thought. there are movies and some TV shows where actors have admitted they have gotten drunks for the scene to kind of go there, but I, I doubt it highly because I mean. I think if you think about being drunk and having to remember lines and go through what actors have to do, that would just make it a hundred times worse. It's it's quite easy to I pretend don't... to be drunk. So I and I'm not saying acting's easy, but like it is it is something that I could pretend to be drunk to. I'm always drunk on these episodes. I'm I've been loaded since <laughs> the very first episode of the Oz Network. But I'm good at acting sober. <laughs> um so 
Yeah. I mean, one, I mean, on the upside of that, I remember an interview with Daniel Radcliffe who admitted, I think, in one of the Harry Potters, he was tanked halfway through and he was, had to act sober. And, like, it only came out, like, like years after he said, like, yeah, I just turned 18, I got pissed all the time. So, I was, I don't even remember filming that movie. <laughs> so, and Matthew Perry famously, Man. you know, he was very much addicted to a lot of substances during Friends. And I think he said, like, during seasons three to five, he does not remember filming any of those seasons because he was so out yep, of and, drugs. And and Kelsey Grammer, too. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of these actors kind of just, you know, knuckle on through it. So, But no, I think yep. Skip Titus does a great, great job. And it's only going to get better from here. But basically, the rest of this episode kind of relies on this tense sequence. Uh, Bosco and Cruz rushing to Miguel's apartment. We have this chase down the, uh, the fire escape, uh, where one guy gets shot. Miguel falls down, hurts his leg. Can I just point out that Bosco is shooting this guy on a fire escape and Miguel's directly below him. So there is some very bad shooting in this episode and it's only going to get worse because as much as I like these episodes, there's some major plot holes about to happen when it comes to a big shooting at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. So, essentially, they capture this guy, they get him in the ambulance, um, Doc and Carlos are there, so is Kim and Taylor. There's Taylor's one appearance for the episode. She's in it for about three seconds. Good for Taylor. She's still alive. Remember that car got hit her? Um, and Jokas also shows up randomly just to kind of check on things. Uh, then when we're in the ambulance... Along with Swirsky. Yeah, Swirsky too. Swirsky's there. Uh, then when we're in the ambulance, it's kind of a nice little scene. He's talking about getting a cast. Carlos is driving. Doc's in the back. Then all of a sudden, a crash happens. Boom. It's the guy with the glasses and who had the dog. And then he takes, takes out a gun, a little Uzi, starts shooting in the ambulance and yep. to be continued. So pretty decent cliffhanger. Yep. I wonder how they. I wonder. How, I wonder how they promoted the continuation of that episode. Give it to me, Darvell. Come on, <laughs> give me your voice. Okay. Next Monday, it ended with a shooting in an ambulance, <laughs> and now the question on America's mind: Who will survive? Oh, so good. All new Third Watch, NBC next Monday. You need, you need to get a job doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't. They don't. They they generally don't sound like that these days. I tell so. you now, if it's a lot, if we could do ads on like podcast radio or something like that, it'd be something like on an old new Oz network. Ben last week admitted that he was drunk. How drunk will he be next week? Tune in, old new Oz network Mondays on Podcast FM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, you've been hearing them talk about it all season. Finally, Ben and Darvell talk about Snowblind. Will Ben walk out during the episode? Will Darvell say anything positive about it? And will Brandy ever make another appearance? That's all new Oz Network. See, I can't do it as well as you. You've got the voice for that in the, sort of stuff. In the, in the coming weeks. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's the episode. Will, will, ben's, will Ben's girlfriend ever come on board? She, she's sitting behind me on a phone. She's just... <laughs> Will Mallory add her voice to the Third Watch podcasts? Never. <laughs> By the time I get up watching it, we would have finished these anyway, so it's all good. But yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Anything, anything you want to add before we rate this? Because uh, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this right now know that part two is already up, so they're wanting to get to it. But uh, yeah, anything yeah. quickly? Nope. Add? No. Nope. All right. Well, I'm buying this episode. I'm just pointing that out there. It's a good episode. 
yeah, I'm gonna I think I'm I'm gonna buy it too. You are going to buy it too. That D- yep. is a fan yep. delicious. That is D- a new word that I've invented. Trademark Ben Waterworth. Don't know what it means, but anyway. Um <laughs> fantastic. Yep. I have ranked this yep. episode, if this thing will want to uh tell me where I have. Uh it's having a moment at the moment. I ranked this episode, just to put it out there. Um yep. a high episode of number thirty nine. Uh, I've ranked this. I've ranked it just above the season one finale of Young Men and Fire and just below the season two episode, episode six, The Ties That Bind. So there you go. Sandwich between those two episodes. Alrighty. Um, Good spot. Good spot. Next episode is part two of this. We've just discovered that. It's already up right now. Stop listening to us and go listen to that because it's still going to be us, but it's talking about something else. Uh, (laughs) Darvell, thank you. Excuse me. No problem. As always, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, do all the usual things that we tell you to do every week, even though you don't do them, so stuff you, but try and do it this week. And uh, until <laughs> you listen to us in about another two minutes, my name is Ben, and you are on... Oh, fuck it. You are... Uh, my name is Ben. I'm just going to end it on that. I fucked that up. <laughs> yeah, probably a good idea. My name is Darvell, and see you in a couple minutes. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.